listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. This is AfterBuzz TV for Season 4, Episode 2 of Californication. Tonight's host is Stuart Lill. Joining Stuart will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Californication news and gossip. We want to hear from you, too. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347-855-8269. That's 347-855-8269. And now, picking up where the show leaves off and the buzz continues, Stuart Lill. Hey everybody, this is Stuart here. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV, the Californication edition with me, Phil, and Kevin. Um, so this week uh, we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 2, Suicidal Solution. And um, and I, I thought this was a good episode myself, and I, I think we're going to break it down here. And uh, I mean, what a, what a hilarious opening, right? Yeah, hilarious well, opening. Uh, by the way, correction, it's Season 4, oh, Stu. Excuse me, I, I had the wrong You know, that's that's just so sad because Stu's the biggest fan of the, I mean, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of this show, but I know, Stu, you've been with it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. For me, I... I um, I got into it last season and had to do the whole buy the DVD set, you know, kind of like watch it in a marathon. Became addicted, loved it. But uh, I'm surprised he used to. Maybe he just maybe just a little may, nervous. Well, may, we do have some news and gossip, but uh, without giving too much away. Okay. Wink, wink. Okay. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, ho- we'll get to it okay. in our news and gossip. Okay. But. Excuse me. All right. So anyway, sorry about the mistake, everybody. Uh, I think we can move past it now. Yes, I think uh, we'll be okay. <laughs> anyway, what a an amazing opening. Uh-huh. Yeah, amazing opening, and with your favorite character, uh, mostly that made the opening. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, laughing as I'm saying it. Runkle is just—he <laughs> is amazing. I mean, um, this actor who, you know, as I was saying to you on the commercial break, uh, played Larry uh, in the Three Stooges TV movie, which which was produced by Mel Gibson. And I don't know if you saw it. No, it was actually a terrific rendition. Michael Chiklis played Curly. Um, it was a wonderful film yeah. for a TV movie. It was one of the better. TV movies I've, I've ever seen. Hmm. And he he played Larry. was wonderful. Of course, we know him from Sex and the City. But to see this kind of dark, comedic uh, a character that he plays, and he's uh, so brave about it. I mean, there he is naked. Yeah. Um, and great writing as well. You know, we have the three of them in bed, and he's like, hey, should we just, you know, go, you know, should we do something <laughs> with this? game if you are. Yeah, I'm game if you are. <laughs> it's just great line. Um, in a real funny way to open this episode. I'm just glad that uh, it wasn't it, – because at first I thought they were having sex. Uh, I couldn't quite tell. I'm just, I'm just glad that, uh, that Hank and Marcy aren't going uh, Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm glad about that as well. I mean, yes, this is Californication, and this is, I feel like, uh, a writer who probably – I mean, I don't know the, uh, the writer and creator, and I don't know his background. I – Actually, I think in the next few weeks we should look into it a little mm-hmm. further. But it feels to me, though, is that this was – that he as a writer was an, an outsider to Hollywood, um, came and had a, an experience similar to this or saw someone who had this kind of experience where this city kind of corrupted him, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, and I know I myself coming from the East Coast, coming from a, you know, a middle-class family, lower-middle-class family in some ways – and then coming where we thought there's our version of normal, and then there's the Southern California version mm-hmm. of normal, which, uh, and then the industry, the talent industry, Southern California version of normal, which um, I see represented very well with the life of Hank Moody. And we, we talked about it last week about how accurate and, and the consensus uh, with the group last week was like, yeah, it is actually pretty accurate. That being said, uh, you know, long-winded to get to my point. That yeah. being said, I'm happy that it didn't go so California, where now he 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 uh, ends up sleeping with his uh, best friend's um, 
former wife right, or yeah. wife or whatever we <laughs> want to call her at this point. I am glad. I, I didn't want it to go there, and I did not want to see a threesome. Yeah, no, that would have that would have been disgusting. First of all, just because uh, right. I mean, I, I think they've already done that with uh, between Hank and uh, Hank and uh, yeah, Rachel, yeah, that was, yeah, with that squirter. Um, if you remember that episode, yes. Oh, just awful. That was a great scene though. But I'm glad it wasn't Marcy. That's, yeah, yeah, no, so no, so we don't have a little, a little love triangle. So yeah, no, and and an incestuous, gross. Yeah. Lo- you know, I, I didn't want to see that. <laughs> you know, you always want to believe that these guys uh, have something that ground them. That what? keep them decent, and I don't feel like he would do that to Runkle. Uh-huh. Why, why do you think? Uh, why do you think Runkle and Marcy don't have a, have a kid? I think probably I think a little too self absorbed. A little too self absorbed. Yeah, I feel like they're the the, the like she so, seems like the type who like, ugh, gross, get fat, throw up, pregnancy, <laughs> ugh, having to take care of a kid, go to the park with him, ugh, yeah, like. You could see her totally grossed out by that, and you could see him. He'll go one way or the other. So if that's the way she wants to go, he's fine because he's so busy partying, having fun, mm-hmm. and being a kind of a goof that I think I, that's why I could see. Yeah, she's could, very realistic. She could hardly handle her period at the park. Right, and, right. And, you know, uh, that actress, um, she plays uh, – she she played an only mother, single mother in, uh, in, the, in the series Louie. I don't know if you've ever seen that with Louis C.K. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. And, yeah, she played a really bad like, – like, you know, you just – I don't see this woman as a mom. Like the character she plays. I don't right. know how she is in real life. I'm sure she's very nice. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just That character kind of carried over except, you know, in this, this case she doesn't have a child. And I could definitely see how, yeah, she's just self-absorbed and, and especially being the, the, the for, ex-wife of a, an agent um, – it, who's, it's just kind of a, it seems like a self-absorbed career in, in general. I'll but. tell you, I, you know, speaking to this point, we, uh, I remember um, a, a woman I knew from back east had come out here, and one of the things she remembered vividly was talking to another woman from here who had had a baby. Mm-hmm. And the West Coast, the Southern California industry mom's version of pregnancy against this girl's version of pregnancy was fascinating the east coast mom the pregnancy was like a beautiful experience for her and you know to to have the baby grow inside of her and to be reading to the womb and then to have the baby and the happiest day of her life is meeting the baby and all that stuff and then getting the west coast version mom was like oh my god i would never do that again to my body blah 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 it'll never again you know it just it just threw me out of whack and it was just such a um, is such a con- yeah, <laughs> you know, such a contrast yeah. to what um, the East Coast mom s- saw, and I, I mean, I have to say, I, have, I maybe because it's my roots, and maybe because I like to feel I'm more grounded. Mm. I lean a little more with the East Coast mom, but yeah. with the West Coast mom, it was interesting that I got to witness that. But I definitely see that, yeah, in her character. No, yeah, I mean, this isn't even the only show I, I I've seen that in, so it's 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 consistent with like West Coast. Oh, just, you know, I mean, I hate to say I'm saying it all the time. I'm like, you know, if you're out here and you're normal, make your money and just have really high walls. I have eight foot walls around yeah, my property, I, I, and it's and I always tell people it's no coincidence. I was wondering that I actually the last week, and I was like, I don't, I think these were built when uh, when they when they took over this place. I just, you know, you just create your little oasis or your fiefdom because yeah, it's there's just a, it's just a different culture. I mean, that's the nicest way of putting it. Uh-huh. It's just a different culture. And again, Californication, I, I feel like it was this writer who had either experienced it or seen it through other writers and said, oh, my God, I, this place is just effed and I need to write about it. How many years did it take for you to realize that? Immediately. Immediately. Because you said you were back and forth. Back and forth. I knew immediately when I got here. I was like, oh, my God, this is just, you know, different. Yeah. Very, very different than what I'm used to. The value systems, I mean um, – Everything and but what you but 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 here here's 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 the um, here's the silver lining. Uh-huh. The silver lining is that you find that there are more people like you out here than you think, mm-hmm. and then those people all become friends. Yeah, and you you just you build this like little network of people who are like minded, who who love their children, love being parents, uh, love their family and friends, love their moms and dads, and have those same values and there's more of them out here out in LA than you think. Mm-hmm. And what and you find those people and you just kind of keep the other ones away or when you see them it's almost like going to the zoo. 
mm-hmm. when you're out at a party, whatever, you see them and, you know, you, you, you can feed them and whatever and, and, it, and, and gaze at them from behind the bars. But at the end of the day, you know you have your distance from them. Yeah. So anyway. So. I, and I think, um, I think Hank's a great example of that because, I mean, he's East Coast. He's from New York. And, and he shows that he doesn't really value a lot of these – what people in California value, like look at his Porsche. I mean, that you thing... know the the way he yes, and and well, and, you know, in the way it's kind of falling apart. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you can see like, and again, I it's great writing because the Porsche is like, you know, the condition the Porsche is in now. It's just such a great metaphor for his life. Yeah, yeah. When it was a new car, it was like it was all about hope and that. Yeah, and I'm buying into the California system. I've yeah. got the car, I got the hot car. I'm a good looking guy. I'm this hot rider, and now look at it like the right. smashed light. <laughs> you know, it, it just looks like crap. He's jump-starting it in the episode to, you know, get it going. But he still loves it, like, uh, which I kind of well, I, I kind of find, like, it, is it... Well, it's part of him. Yeah, it's part of him, yeah. You know, the part of him. And maybe it's his version of California that uh-huh. he's carved out. I don't know. I, you know, I, I haven't thought about it that deeply. Well, it's also, it's also an East Coast type of thing. Um, we were talking about it yesterday um, in private, but uh, where people here don't even really care about their cars, you know. Um, I mean, it could be the nicest car in the world. And oh, they don't take care of them. Yeah, no. And just just memo to all. Yeah, no. You use cars out here, though the weather and stuff doesn't rot them. You have to be so leery because people just don't care. They it, just don't treat them. Whereas back east, you'll go to get a car and you'll get something like, yep, change the oil every 1,500 miles. And if you, if you look at the maintenance records uh, I kept in the book, I have all the receipts. I have, uh, you know. And whereas just here, it's just like uh between the scamming and they turn they turn all the places know how to turn the odometers back uh-huh. and and it's just an effing nightmare <laughs> you know because, yeah and and because again nobody cares it's the same thing with um why all the poor dogs and cats are put down every year you know 70,000 uh animals and you know where I grew up in Boston we didn't have that problem if you you went to a shelter to get a dog it 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 was tiny, like a small small place. It was never, um, never here. It's every I don't know every so many miles you have a shelter overfilled with animals. Yeah. You see more wild cats. Where you're from, Stu? Where are you from? Uh, Dallas. Dallas. Do you see a lot of wild cats? Uh, not not. I mean, not particularly. Okay, you yeah. see out here tons of feral cats. Yeah. Why? It's just you know again they don't care. It's like oh look I I want a pet. And then it's like, uh, you know what, I think I'm going to move my apartment or I'm going to move to another state, whatever. And they just leave the cat yeah. and the cat just roams and then whatever. And, you know, uh, but the dog, same thing. There's just no sense of responsibility. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, no, whatever. I mean, most people come out here, come to California and think of the people come. Well, okay, the people who want to make it in the industry. And I, and I get that who really – there are there are a few of us mm-hmm. who really enjoy writing and that's all we are or really enjoy acting because that's all – they are or you know uh really enjoy creating because that's all they are and and that's wonderful but then you have people who just want to be famous mm-hmm. um who want to escape from their families or people that don't really have strong roots with their families so you're not getting the highest caliber of person with that either um <laughs> i used to joke it goes back to the gold rush Oh, yeah, yeah. Think yeah. of the people who came yeah, out for the yeah. goers. Greedy. I mean, you know, thinking about, like, getting rich fast. This I whole mean, state. That, so, so, you know, it goes back to that. And then with Hollywood. Yeah. So it, we haven't had the best roots Silicon to Valley. work with. And then the environment itself with the, with the weather here, mm-hmm. you know, we're back east. It, your winters, it's cold. And families are forced to stay in. Now, a lot of times, you know, we'll fight. And throw things at each other, and be. But you're sitting down to dinner every night together. Um, there's no going out. I mean, you're you're stuck in because of the cold and the snow and the dark. Mm. Here, I remember my uh, an old girlfriend of mine. Her family, they never used the 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 kitchen table was never used. They never sat down to dinner together ever. And after school, kids were just out by the beach, or and it all sounds like fun, but it doesn't really build. I don't feel the core values yeah. and the bond and the the bonds and stuff. And, it, and this is, and we see it with this show, mm-hmm. uh, with Californication. I, and I think it's it's represented so well. And I know my other writer friends, years before this show came up, would always talk about, oh my god, out here, it's this, it's that, you know, you know. And um, but 
Uh, anyway, chin up if you are. I know, Stu, you're just starting out as a writer I, here. I'm already on the floor. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm about to get my plane ticket. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do that. See, I did that too, and that's not good. Um, you know, and it's funny. You know, one of our engineers here, Corey, you know, unfortunately, being a Massachusetts guy, he sees it the same way. It's just – it's all negative. It's all bad. And I did that too, mm. my first stint out here. I went back and forth. I'd have to go back, get jobs, save money, come back. And I realized when when you do that and you see it that way, it, it will be bleak. Mm-hmm. You're making your own reality. Yeah, it's yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. And uh, you – I, I had an old mentor of mine who I'll never forget said, you know what you do is he was a New Yorker and had the same problems that we're discussing here. Uh, and he said, you know, you just need to just act like you're on vacation. He's like, I treat it like I'm on vacation and mm-hmm. then I'm happy. He's like, wow, I'm on vacation. It's sunny. And, and that was his way of coping. For for me, it was just about um, just about, you know, not uh, seeing it that way and saying, well, wait, like, okay. Yeah, there's a, there is a lot of that, but, you know, it's sunny, you know, 90% of the year. It rare, rarely rains. There's – um, I'm not shoveling snow. Yeah. Um, I have orange trees. I mean, like, there's so many, excuse me, good things, and um, and then that's when life started. It's a really good nice place to here. be depressed in. Really. <laughs> it is. It is. Have you seen the movie Swingers? Uh, yeah. It's a good movie that speaks to that. It speaks to it, you know, and I know, you know, Phil, did you you ever see Swingers? I did not, know. It's a good film, you know, if, if you're a Favreau fan, even though Favreau starred in it, he didn't direct it. Um, Doug Lyman did, but both both are great artists, but but he was very present, uh, Favreau in the script, and you can just tell. But it was that East Coast kid who came out here, and the, and the pretty girl, his girlfriend from home broke up with him, and it was like, and there's a great moment where the, uh, the lead from Office Space you know, he was kind of a supporting role, but he has a moment with him. He's like, look around. It's, you know, it's sun- look around. It's sunny every day here. You know, and he, he has this moment with him. You should, you guys should see it. Yeah, I, I remember Vince Vaughn. Uh, yeah, Vince yeah. Vaughn, but the, but it's not, Vince doesn't have this moment. It's the, uh, God, who's the, Phil, who's the star of Office Space? Uh, I will look it up right now. But um, in speaking, we, we talked about, uh, I didn't want to jump in with this comment, but uh, Tom Capinos, the, yes. the creator. Uh, he did Dawson's Creek before doing Californication. I don't know. No, so right, so that was probably his Hank Moody success. Uh, Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston was the actor. Um, and anyway, but that's but you know with Tom, I, I'm only guessing, and and, and now I'll I'll kind of look him out, and next time you know we see if we run. The is same he circles. Greek? Capinos is that? A, he might be Greek, which means Maria Menounos, and he probably will you know bond because that's <laughs> what the Greeks do. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, but. Um, it's it's a good – I'm glad you brought that up, Phil. So I think his Dawson's Creek probably represents Hank Moody's, like, wild success as an author. So he probably had all that success, and with that success came all the insanity and, and, and maybe even a hangover effect because Dawson's Creek was, you know, was a few years back. Yeah, I mean, he, he really rose through the ranks. He um... – you know, as I'm reading, it's, it's maybe co-producer, maybe start even lower than that, but co-producer to supervising producer, and then eventually 46 episodes of being an executive producer on it. On on Dawson's Creek. Yes. So, Phil, did it say? Does it say where he's from? Uh, I can't get a uh, bio anywhere. It's not on Wiki or IMDb. I the only sources we check, but yeah, um, yeah. Well, at least we give credit. Uh-huh. Anyway, but but. Um, uh, I, 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 needless to say, God, I'm so sorry we got off. I we took you off on that subject, but I mean that that's why I love this show. Yeah, but don't let it discourage you. Okay, no. you know, don't let it discourage. In fact, people at home are laughing. Like, oh, God, I'm so discouraged to be Hank Moody. Have all these hot girls throwing <laughs> themselves at you while he lives on the beach and plays football. And that's another problem too, is that the East Coast people think that that's L.A. Mm-hmm. That that every day is that. It's just hot girls and sitting by the beach. They don't understand that. Like you, you have to. I mean, I'm up at six in the morning, uh, and my day ends at eleven for work. Yeah, you know, they have no idea, and that's six days a week, sometimes seven. And for most of us in the business that um, have success, that's the way it is. Yeah. You know, and 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 they don't get that. Mm. They think that you know. I mean, I I rarely go to the beach, and when I do go to the beach. It's friends who invite me up in Malibu. We, we we did last year, Phil. Where did we go for the fourth? Uh, it was uh, with with the Biggest Losers, uh, Jillian, right? Jillian had us at her house, and then we, where did we go after that? 
Uh, it was Dane Cooks. Then we went to uh, Dane's. That was on off Sunset. So we like we were doing the like that was like one day we went we drank and we kind of had some fun. But other than that, like if I know when I've the few times I've been up there to the beach, it's with you know scripts and the people that I see, it's the same thing. The stack of scripts yeah. they're reading, you know. Going so they're buying stuff. up all this property on the beach. And then we're not using it. Well, no, no, no. They're using. They're using. It. I don't have property up there. Those people are using it, but they're generally going up there again because it's like they're one or two days to just get away from right, everything. Yeah. But when they're going, it's usually with a handful of scripts mm-hmm. to read or go through. So, <sighs> so, so nice. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's? Are you being facetious? No, no. That's great. Yeah, and you I, got there. I, no, I, I. It sounds a lot better than, uh, than. Than riding in the snow back in back in the east. I mean, you know, it's much better. Yeah, it is much better. I, I believe like this is just a dream for us. This business is a dream. But you, back working in, the, you know, you what you're gonna surrender, and this is the toughest thing mm-hmm. for most people coming out here is what you're surrendering is um, a forty-hour work week mm-hmm. with your benefits and you know your 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 easier life. Yeah, that's what you're surrendering. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you take this step, if you want success at it, you've really got to go at it hard, very long hours in, and as I said, six days a week, and sometimes seven. If you're a writer, your brain should never be shutting off. Right. You know, you're always going to be whether, I don't know if you go to the mall, you go to a movie, I don't know about you, but I like, I get so many ideas that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's why I used, uh, I used to carry around a pad, but now I just use my phone. Just, use your phone. Yeah, exactly. I use my phone, too. Don't – but, you know, it's, I, just, I hope you're backing it up. I lost oh, my yeah, phone the, one yeah, time. Yeah, just sink it. And yeah, good for you because I lost my phone one time. I lost, like, Ugh. so many notes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why I just go to the notepad because I went through the went through the laundry and uh, bam, all those all those all those ideas gone. Yeah, gone, <laughs> gone. Um, let's get back on track, though, right? I'm so sorry, I'm doing this to your show. Oh no, it's a, my, no, it's it's a, it's a shared effort. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we're all screwing it up yeah. together. So we're so so Hank and Becca. Hank and Becca. Yeah, we can kind of translate what we've been talking about um, talking about into that uh, segue. Um, so, anyways, yeah, Hank and Becca. So we finally get to. Uh, see Hank and Becca together for the first time again. And, um, you know, Becca, Karen was like, you know, she probably, she kind of hates you too, or, you know, and, uh, when Hank wants to see her and, you know, that kind of comes out, like she, Hank's like, we don't have to make this so hard. She's like, this is supposed to be hard. And we see that even though Hank's like trying to buy her guitar, which kind of seems like a, a West coast thing where you're just trying to like buy your, I think that's a universal, thing. Oh, a universal thing. I okay. don't, don't you think parents always, I mean, any parent, any divorced parent, it's, it's common. I mean, the divorced dad yeah, or mom, it depends on today's progressive world, but generally the dad is, he's but, cheated and he's, yeah. it's, it's, that's the biggest problem is then they start throwing the toys at the kids. Yeah. But this kid's smart enough to get it. See how some kids fall for that. Yeah. But I mean, at least, I don't know. When I was watching that, at least it seemed it seemed more genuine because it was half genuine. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, at the same time, it was just kind of like he was trying to rebond with trying her. Trying to rebond with her, but but it, it, it wasn't like he was buying her a pony. He was like saying, "No, yeah. you got to get good." He he was trying to, I believe, even sell it to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as to her, like he's so aware. I mean, he's that's why he's such a great writer. At least the character uh-huh. is because he is so aware. So I think he was aware that this was him buying her love, but. Being the writer, you know, Capino, whoever's, you know, in charge of the writing on that particular episode, I think he, he got writer's credit. What I thought was great was that you can see that Duchovny or Hank Moody is aware that he's buying her love, but he's selling it to her and to himself. Yeah, yeah. That he's not doing that. So I thought that was interesting. Who was the. Um, Zach, uh, Zach Wilde? It was. Uh, Zach Wilde. Who is Zach Wilde? He, he was a guitarist with uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Okay, and he so he is, and that Zach Wilde is the owner of the or the yeah, worker he was, at yeah. the guitar center. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was the one trying to ends up being very good in the role, uh-huh. and it's a good segue into our next thing because you know this is what in Hollywood we call stunt casting. If, for those of you who don't know, stunt casting is when you bring in a star or a celebrity or somebody that's well known, and by putting them in that role, you are in effect doing a stunt. Yeah, you know, a stunt that hopefully will. Woo the audiences, you know, get you more publicity, uh, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so they've stunt casted this Zach Wilde character, but it leads us to a bigger stunt cast. The much bigger stunt. Which is Rob Lowe, Mm -hmm. who is brought in to play Hank in the movie. Right. In the movie that Hank is writing about himself, uh, Rob Lowe to play uh, Hank. Hank. So to to me, he looked so much like Brad Pitt. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I hope Brad Pitt isn't like that. 
but um... no, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He no, very very sweet guy. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like this was a darker and more intense version. I mean, you know, we know Brad can play yeah. that, uh, but. But I thought Lowe did good with this, and I'll tell you, as a director, I I felt I was thinking of like, wow, I'm opening my brain to to working with Rob Lowe on things by seeing him in this role. Yeah, exactly. He, um, in watching him, he kind of reminded me of a like the look, just like more of a Colin Farrell though. I'd say a cross between the two of them. You're right. He had more of that, that the grittiness of Colin Farrell. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great. I really enjoyed seeing him in this spin. And again, it made me say to myself, you know, the way he committed to this, the way he, he, you know, he created. It feels like he put a lot of himself into that role. I don't, I don't feel like it was the director telling him, "Grow your beard out." I want you to. I, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was, um, you know, if you're looking at it as a director or a writer, it's one of those things. Okay, maybe he didn't capture exactly what I was going for or whatever, but he's passionate enough. Yes. I mean, he's, well, right. Not, right. He's no. Old. Right. And that's what I. He fully committed to it, and you, I love seeing that. And for me, it. I. I think it's going to open up a lot of possibilities for him as as an actor. And I mean, I know for myself, I'm like, oh, my, mom, I, I. I. should be looking to work with this guy. I thought he was great. Stu, what did you think? Yeah. No, I really appreciate the role. I, I forgot what we, because we raised like who he's going to portray. Kind of like what kind of per. I forgot who it was. He's going to portray Hank. Well, no, I mean like, but he was. His character was trying to. It was. It was lifting from a real life person, not not like a real life actor, but it was. It was a. Uh, I can't remember. I was trying to find it just now, but I thought it was a great. Like he really, he really keeps you in that scene. You know, he's putting Runkle in his place, and and Hank hates him, but he loves him at the same time. That's kind of how I think the audience wants to feel about it. But um, but I I really I really appreciate Rob Lowe's range because I mean he's been on Parks and Rec. He's he's done this. He's he did you know thank you smoking. I don't know just all these different variety of roles but this definitely seems like his this is the one we're going to remember him for i mean if i don't know how far it's going to go well you know i remember seeing val kimmer great actor but i remember seeing his take on entourage do you guys remember yeah and i just didn't buy it i just remember he was like he was a a, uh, he uh, he sold pot he he grew pot i think he was like this oh yeah with dreadlocks and i think like season two yeah and it was just and that to me was Bad stunt casting. Uh-huh. That to me was just like, okay, we have Val Camera. Oh, look, he can be really creative. Yeah, that's. I didn't buy it. That's kind of what I want to talk to you about because when I saw Rob Lowe, which I, which you saw it, so I didn't. I don't have any problems with him, but like shows like Entourage, which deal a lot of with with LA, and they start, you know, ever since season one um, or after season one, they seem to really start pulling in celebs. So it really tried. Well, our own together. Maria Menounos, you know the twice the show, you know, showrunner of the AfterBuzz Network. Yeah, is twice has played herself. Hmm. And, and so what's interesting about this show is they seem like they have resisted that. Like this would have been the time. But I'm happy about that. I'm happy too because yeah. it's different. Now, five years ago or ten years ago, I would have been unhappy because I like that novel turn of taking a real person and having them play themselves yeah. and, but, but showing us a different side. The only time – we did see it with Rick Springfield. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. On this show, do you remember Rick Springfield? Oh yeah, oh my bad. Yeah, was, okay. I just yeah, we did last see season. it, but but with this year, you know, they totally could have brought in, um, in episodes the other Showtime show, uh, they have um, Matt uh, Matt not, LeBlanc Matt LeBlanc playing himself. He's uh-huh. playing Matt LeBlanc, cast in this uh, sitcom. These B, the, these BBC writers, they have this great. Sitcom, they bring it to America, and it's just one compromise after another. Yeah. One of the compromises being that, you know, they've replaced this thespian lead character from England with Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. Um, and he's playing Matt LeBlanc, and we're seeing this kind of uh, narcissistic side, sociopathic side of Matt LeBlanc. And, and, it's, and it's funny. It's entertaining. And they did this with Rick Springfield on this show. You would think that they would have just had Rob Lowe come in mm-hmm. and been Rob Lowe. And showed us this real dark side of Rob Lowe, but or, or somebody like that, but they didn't. And I, I'm with you. I think it's cool that they didn't. Because, um, yeah, because I mean, with Entourage, I feel like they've kind of they've overdone it. I feel like, I, and I really, what I really liked about the first season of that was how they kind of they would take real life people and portray them, and it you know poke fun at them, and the, and then they just sort of start bringing in the real people, which, and Californication, like, I mean, they, they're you know they're poking fun. I mean, not like. 
taking real life. I don't. I don't know who Sasha is supposed to be portraying, but um, just kind of like that sort of actress. But I think he's a hybrid. I think Colin Farrell. I think he's a hybrid of a lot of the different darker. But Hollywood. I mean, they like the actress though, who's like now showing her. Oh, show. I would. I think. I think. I think. I know Maria was Menounos was disagreeing with me. I, I think it's it's Miley Cyrus who wants to be taken serious, yeah. who wants to show a darker side of herself, who wants to break out of that right. teeny mold. Yeah, I like that. she's finding I'm herself. I'm glad they right. didn't. I mean, I, I know Miley would never do that, but I'm just right. saying I'm glad they didn't bring a Miley like – Right, and, I agree. You know, do that. I mean, like I, I'd rather I'd rather poke fun and use a better actress, you know, not not try to force a celebrity to act um, right. who, who can't. You're right. Uh, or, 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 yeah, portray themselves very well because, you know, there's better in their souls in real it's, life. This girl's doing a great job. Yeah, no, doing I a great agree. job. I agree. I agree. I agree with you, and I, I like how they're doing that, and I and I, and I like how they 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 didn't uh, bring in a real, the real celebrity that mm-hmm. they brought in an actor to play it. Um, I know sometimes with stunt casting, I'm getting. Uh, I was saying to Phil, and I, 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 one of the things after Buzz is we we don't really besmirch other shows. We're we're fan based, uh-huh. so we do shows that we're fans of or that other hosts are fans of. Yeah, there's a lot of shows on our roster that I'm not necessarily a fan of at all, but I don't. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I just don't. I don't get involved with them or whatever. Um, oh, okay. And I have my own like opinions. I mean, obviously, uh-huh. Jersey Shore is my number one show, so you can tell. Oh, yeah. um, you can tell my opinions <laughs> uh, and how much they matter here at the network. But anyway, needless to say, um, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, what was I saying? Well, we were, ta- well, we're stunt cast. Well, stunt I casting. Point so, but- so, Phil, hold your points with stunt casting. Uh, it, God, it's like I, it's it's hard to. I'm, I see it done poorly at uh-huh. other networks, and yeah. I don't want to like say the names of the shows, but it's a, a, a lot of these new shows are coming out. And so for after Buzz, I'm watching them and thinking, oh Jesus, this show I get into, it. and all of a sudden I see like, you know, some famous actor who you know has been everywhere, or I've known him for so many things, and they're forcing he or she into these roles. Because of their names, yeah, they're putting them in these roles, and it just doesn't work. Whereas, the, the for me, the Deadwoods of the world, the HBO's Deadwoods, uh, a lot of those HBO kind of shows, um, AMC, they're going out and they're finding yeah, these yeah. these gritty actors who um, are bringing so much to the table, and so I just hate the stunt casting thing where it's like don't you don't need to bring in Rob Lowe, yeah. There's so go go do what HBO do what AMC is doing and even some of the Showtime shows. There's so many people out there waiting to be discovered. I did enjoy Rob Lowe. Yeah. In this, and I don't want to. I, I I'm happy and I'm really happy to see what they do with him for the for the rest of the 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 series. Uh-huh. And I enjoy the character as well. But I enjoy at, at, when they bring in these these new talents yeah, that yeah, yeah. just go whoa. You know where where was this guy or girl? No, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, so well, go ahead, yeah. sorry. Oh no! Just the fact—I mean, because it can take you out of it, you know. If you're—if I mean, I'm, I don't know if some people might have been taken out with just the fact it's Rob Lowe. It's right. It yeah. takes you out, and I—and this is why and the whole other thing is why I feel movie star business is dead. I say it all the time. I think acting is alive, but I think the movie star business is dead. Mm-hmm. I think more and more people, you know, when when it used to be like, oh, we'll get this big name actor, we'll give him his twenty million because we're guaranteed box office. It doesn't work like that anymore. But I, and I also think there's even a turnoff factor because you can't get over the fact that. Oh, it's Tom Cruise. Oh, it's yeah. Will Smith. It's, you know, whereas with The Hangover and these other movies, it's proving that you just want the really good actors mm-hmm. so you can get lost in the story. Exactly. Uh, Phil, what was your point? I didn't mean to interrupt well, uh, you. Well, you know, speaking of HBO shows and all that, uh, you know, one of the, we did Boardwalk Empire. We covered it for a long time. And, uh, you know, one of our co-hosts on that, Bethany Jaber, she uh, she was really into the fact that apart from like uh, Steve Buscemi, everyone else was a sort of more no-name actor, but phenomenal, you know, amazing. Um, but in speaking, the the only knock I had in this uh, episode of the stunt casting was Zach Wild, where um, you know I, I felt he had just uh, one line too many because he was Zach Wild. You know, I, I felt like really. Okay, very astute, Phil. Abs- I 100% believe that was the point. And then, and when you're a director, and as you get older, uh, Stu, you'll see this is going to happen. When you get somebody that's a somebody, or you're either the, you're either a fan of theirs, and you bring them in, or you know it's somebody special, you know you just can't give them one word or one line. You almost have to give them a little more. And you're right, because I was saying to my, I wasn't. It's it's so funny saying that, Phil. When when because we went out to the car. 
there's still conversation going on between the two of them. That girl's got real talent. She's classically yeah, trained. Yeah, yeah. Like, not necessary. All we needed was the card swiped. It didn't work. The girl walks out. He puts his head down. That's all we need. You're right, Phil. You're 100% on the money. That was totally done because they knew they had a star and they had to, you know, give 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 the yeah, star. But at least he knew how to read a line. It wasn't like I mean, you see sometimes stars like who were not really actors. Although, anyway, uh, who no, just like was really good. flubbed. No, no, line, no, like, no, no. He was good. Could, he had a good voice. He had a good look. No, absolutely. She has real talent. You know, it wasn't like that. You know, it was smooth. No, he was good. <laughs> he was good. But I agree. But for it wasn't him. needed. Yeah, wasn't needed. Yeah. Um, do we move on to the suicide? Um. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, we can do no, that. No, I don't know. I'm not. Ta- I don't want to tell you. I just don't know. I don't know <laughs> well, where to go. I but, feel like before, if we're going to move to the suicide, let's cut to a commercial break. Cheer people up so we don't bring them yeah, down right know. away. Yeah, I know. God, yeah, I know. <laughs> Want to find out what the after buzz is about? Janice is a drama queen. This yeah. is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call at 347-855-8269. This television, and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. I mean, it's experience. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. Get in on the after buzz. 347-855-8269. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy, Nucky is a villain. Listen on iTunes. I mean, who would you guys rather hear that from? Find us on Facebook. Your husband or your best friend. Follow us on Twitter. And then she's trying to kill him, so it justifies it. I'm like, oh, now it makes sense. And visit us at AfterBuzzTV.com. <laughs> the wig! The wig! Oh, come let off. that wig come off, baby. No! What? Boardwalk Empire. Desperate Housewives. Glee. Gossip Girl. Breaking Bad. Mad Men. True Blood. The Walking Dead. Big Love. Jersey Shore. The Oscars. Celebrity Rehab. The Emmys. If it's hot, you can bet we'll be buzzing about it. And we're back. Oh. All right. Well, I hope everyone's cheered up. Um, yeah, during the commercial, we were discussing Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Phil. He agrees that the Ronnie commercial was so bad and so awkward and so cheesy. And I'll never forget, like, we had a huge uh, uh, TV executive in studio that and they were uh, that for that show disagreeing with me. I'm so glad, Stu, Cause, you agree yeah, Because I heard him. He said, uh, uh, but at least he has a commercial. And I was like, I don't. I don't care. I mean, like, I don't think that helps him. I yeah, think... no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't because yeah, again... that's his last commercial. Then okay. right, that was it, <laughs> one and done. Like no one's going to use him again. Whereas if he'd held out, if he'd held, yeah, yeah. maybe prepared, maybe taken some acting lessons, or or um, they have hosting uh, seminars right, and, yeah. and, thing, and presentation seminars, you know, he would have been better off. Anyway, California, California, sorry, it's all right. But uh, all right, so even though you might have been uh, cheered up by that commercial, we're going to go back to an even uh, sadder tone. Um, we discuss the uh, the suicidal. Um, well, kind of let the title the title of the show so it was all solution. We kind of uh, so Hank's dealing with the statutory rape um, charge and how he might have three years in prison. You know, his, his lawyer told him that. Um, and and you know he's at the law office once again. Once again, we see CAA Creative Arts Agency, that one of the biggest agency. Can I can in the I say world. what you said when you recognized the building? What did I say? Uh, oh, look at themselves uh, whoring their building out. Oh yeah, again. <laughs> Phil, what was the? We've seen it now in three. Yeah, After it was, Buzz shows. Uh, well, we saw it in Inception, which is a movie. Okay, um, but recently we saw it. We saw it. Uh, we saw it last week um, in this show, and then uh, I forget what the other one is. I'm sure. Oh, you know? No, no. Here's the, uh, this is interesting. We saw it last week. They made they made uh, CAA into their pseudo agency, which was. What was it called? I forget what TCA. I, I forget what, anyway, yeah. Hank's agency where Hank and Runkle do the deal. Yeah, UTK. At UTK yeah. was actually CAA. So you know they had that location for a period of time, and they recycled it to be the lady's law office or mm-hmm. something. She goes down, you know, at the exterior. So it was very how, how do they have that much time to use a agency of all places? I mean... Who, how does who have the time? A, 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 a film crew, a TV crew. Well, I mean, I'm sure they... Do they rep the show, Phil? Um, I, I bet you if we look at it, somebody, the, somebody, the showrunner. Sh- sure. Um, and they were happy to probably let them... Yeah, I mean, there. Yeah, I know with, uh, with Inception, obviously, uh, Chris Nolan is uh, is represented by CAA. Uh, Leo isn't, right? He's only, like, he doesn't even he's have an own. agent. He only has, like, a manager. He's got Rick. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm sure, you know, maybe David Duchovny. Actually, it might be David um, because I was reading the uh, the Hollywood Reporter and, like, everything in those pages was – everyone was just rep by CAA. Yeah. So I'm sure – So that's why. And, and but, but who – you're saying what, what – where were you confused about time? Oh, just – I mean, agencies are busy. And... Okay, but they're shooting – no, but the place they shot at was, like, a lobby. Okay. So the, it didn't interrupt business. All right. And uh, that, and the part of the location of her walking out, mm-hmm. you know, I could see the Bank of America thing. That's over near the valet parking. Oh. So, it, it, I mean, literally it's just so that – a small area. Uh-huh. It, it wouldn't interrupt any business. And remember, filmmakers, you know, one of the more inspiring things that I was ever taught when I, I wanted to do a period piece one time about the 80s. And, and they said, well, you know, just, just remember, all you have to do is just fill up that frame. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. To do is that one little picture frame has to be filled with things from the 80s or from wherever your period uh-huh. is. And in this case, all they needed was enough for her walking out, you know, him pulling up to the the pylons. You know, like I know the exact area and her walking out, all which would be, I mean, literally about maybe one-fifth or less of the whole uh, front part of CAA. Mm-hmm. I'd appreciate a couple of more extras, though. It was just her. I, I you're right. <laughs> it did, right. No, you're right. You're right. But you know what, though? Yeah. Listen, they got away with it. They got away with and it. And so, Cal- so to you aspiring filmmakers out there, if Californication <laughs> is getting away with it, then you can too. So don't be discouraged and don't think you have to go hire, you know, or get – Don't know. bother with extras. They're- yeah. well, I wouldn't say don't bother with them, no, because they're great to have. But if you can't – they got away with it. You can't do. What were you going to well, say? Well, uh, I was going to say just the, uh, the one time I've been to CAA, uh, th- there's not a lot of like foot traffic in those lobby areas. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah. it is realistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so he I wasn't talking about the lobby. You were talking about, oh, the talking about exterior. Yeah. He's talking about the exterior shot. Was yeah, pre- it even was pretty even empty. there. You know what I mean? I think so. While it is while it is definitely like an, we don't want to cast extras, it's also uh, realistic. But they're not at CAA, Phil. They're at a law. Right, a uh, de- deposition of court. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Right? So anyway, it's just a little whatever, little inside. Yeah. No, but a little just inside, more inside information, yeah. which, right, isn't that what we're supposed to do here at AfterBuzz? That's so what we're all about. We're, 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 we get on the inside. Um, but we see sexual tension between now him yeah. and this and the lawyer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's like, I like doing this better than sex. Um, but I like sex, too. But I like sex, too. And then, uh, you know, Hank's... And it'll turn on. And then she and she's and I, I would think she would have played tough with him, but she's 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 gone for him. See? I told you last week I was like, I think they're gonna they they have well, to Well we gonna. knew they were gonna. You can't put a pretty girl around this guy. But somebody was saying, I don't know. I don't remember who it was. No, could probably be Maria. <laughs> I mean you knew. I mean, listen. It would be something different if you could get a girl to stand their ground against him. But they never do. Yeah, I mean like Sasha said, "I'm not going to sleep with you." Oh, that you know, that took two scenes later, but um, yeah, and this, this, this is it's going to. There was too. one line that I wrote down that she said that I loved, which was, and me having you know worked with many, many joke writers, it was the greatest line. You are just another, oh. entitled, smartass, <laughs> and boy, if I haven't met so many entitled smartasses out here, uh-huh. oh my god. <laughs> It was perfect. You're just another entitled smartass. And that she said that's how the jury's going to see you or, right? Didn't yeah. As just another entitled smartass. And at the end of the day, it's so great because it's such a great way to knock down so many of the entitled smartasses that I know. Uh-huh. Like, okay, great. You're really witty and uh yeah, you have a lot of money or you've come from a lot of money, but you know, really at the end of the day, that's all you are. And yeah, but when like after that whole conversation, it any time she talks to him, it really affects him, like because he's always asking Runkle, like, "Am I am I a loser? Am I like oh y- you know?" Well, then maybe he maybe. always goes to her, he always goes right to Runkle for comfort right after he talks to her. Talks to her, so I, you know, I don't know. Maybe is this is this the one that's going to be I, his I, girl by the yeah. end of the series? Because Karen can never like. No, he's trying to. He's catch tried so many times. Girl, yeah, and it's just, like he's trying to. Make it work, but, but but Karen, she doesn't have him by the balls. I don't know. It just it, it she can't seem to say anything that really because he's just like she might. Yeah, she might not be his mate. I don't. It might not be his. Soulmate. I th- I just don't. Yeah, I just don't think it's gonna work between them. I think I think they need he needs someone that has a power position, and this this could be the one. For well, him. you know, so so this all goes on. We have a we have a great another great interaction with the the little young actress, uh, Roblo showing up. 
Um, oh, the AfterBuzz doorbell is ringing. <laughs> Someone's at the studio. Uh, Phil, who would it be? What's that? Who is it? I I don't know. Oh, you know what? It could be our uh, new recruit, uh, Jesse. Oh, interesting. All right, we'll let him in. All right. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll you guys going. continue talking. I'll go uh, open the door from the booth. Nice. <laughs> uh, but so – we, we see a funny scene between, you know, Rob, Rob Lowe comes to the door. He's with this young actress. And, of course, he's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Yeah. It's, it's all the wrong reasons. But he starts kind of being seduced by Yeah, him. yeah. You know, he's oh. saying, yeah, say, I can't. You know, like my, my, my lawyer, he didn't say my lawyer, but it was affecting him. It was like, I can't sleep with a girl that I was accused of rape and statutory rape. Um, right. And then, uh, and then yeah, then he goes, goes sits in the toilet and uh, sees those pills. And only to be. You know, only to, to, to have Rob Lowe come yeah. and interrupt it. And uh, he has to go hide in the bathroom where he sees a bunch of pills. Mm-hmm. And um, it's – and then, like, directly next scene, he opens them up. And that was a, quite a variety of colors of pills. I, I don't know what this girl is on, but <laughs> – Yeah, every Hollywood drug. It was a, it was definitely – I mean, in two seconds flat, he was stumbling through the house of, uh, of Runkle, who – we didn't mention, but uh, when Ruckel was having sex with another woman, who just, was, another yeah, woman just another random woman, smoking a cigarette, just, yeah, waving, hey, yeah, that was the best smoking a cigarette during sex, not yeah. after. Yeah. Um, and then we didn't get to see his tramp stamp there like we did at the beginning of the. Oh, of we the... forgot about the tramp stamp. I thought he had gotten rid of it by now. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he's gonna. I think I think he knows his place. And... So yeah, it's just a reminder <laughs> of who he is. Yeah, he's got to yeah, he's got to keep it because he would probably end up getting it again anyway. So. Oh my goodness! Well. We see uh, Hank starts taking yeah. pills. He starts drinking. He gets emotional. Um, he said, he say, oh, here's Jesse. Jesse, sit down. Hey, guys. What's going on? Welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. I don't think you, I, I don't think you realized we were doing um, Californication. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever, have you ever watched it? I've actually never seen the show. Never seen it. Have you oh. seen the poster? You know what? I've seen oh, the poster. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You have to come up to the mic, Jesse. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Good? Yeah. Uh, you'll see, you know, over time we'll have you start watching this because Jesse just moved here from Boston. I did. Had a stint in New York, but is really a Boston, even a Cape Cod guy. So so Californication, one of the things is it does is it, it – uh, it's this writer from New York who comes to California and then all the craziness he experiences in Southern California, the different culture, the, the women, the drugs, the, 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 the depravity, and, and he seems like he gets it all. And, and so anyway, it's going to be interesting as you watch some of these and say, oh, my God. Yeah, like, I'm going through it's that gotta right, be, right It's got to be a little bit of culture shock for you. So uh, anyway, but thanks for, thanks for coming in. Absolutely. We appreciate it. All right, so, so Stu, what were you saying? Um, Oh boy! I, I, we were I, talking about the the drugs. Oh, the drugs! Yeah, um, yeah. So he chugs the drugs and and he starts. He goes right to the typewriter. And I thought he was about to write a script. That write a script finally because I thought so too. I thought okay, I'm drinking and it's like I I got to get to work. I got to do the script, make some money. Yeah, you know, run, and run, buy, run. pay for the guitar, or whatever. Yeah. And what he does is he starts writing to his daughter. You know, like and telling her how she's changed his life and, and ever, ever since she was born, everything's changed for him. And uh, and he, he he used to be um, I forgot what he. Exactly said, but his guard was let down. I guess once he had someone he had to be was responsible for, right? And, and he he knows he screwed that up, so he's apologizing. Like I know, I'm, I I I, be, I was your father not by choice for you, but I really you you've changed me, but I've I've let you down. Well, then, it was it was along the lines of he said, um, you know, I I made a silent vow to always protect you and never let you get hurt yeah. when I'm the one, in fact, that hurt you the, hurt most. You the most. Yeah. Um. And then, and then he said some other stuff too that I forget. But that was the really uh, telling line. And, and this seemed to be something that was going through his head the whole episode because you know every time when he was with Becca, Becca just, you know, she was just, she was just you know, hitting him through the heart. Like, yeah, you know, I just, yep. I just don't want to be here right now with you, Dad. And um, and you know, we don't fully see the effect because like it seems like he's fine. He's with his car and all this stuff and. And he's got to hang out with Becca, and he's got his movie going. But you know, like he, he but he, he drops lines, he drops hints. Like, is this all worth it, right. Runkle? Is this, is this right. movie really worth it? Like, we, see, we truly see that this isn't really what he wants. What he wants is his daughter. He wants his family back, and and it really comes out when we see how many pills it takes. And then at the end of that letter, he's a great shot, um, laying on the laying on the sand, and it, everything gets dark for him, and and the water goes over him. And he quoted a line from, geez, that song, um, geez. 
I can't shoot them anymore. Right? He says it's 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 uh, it's getting dark, too dark to see. Yeah, I, I I didn't know that was a lyric. Yeah, it's a lyric from. Um, geez, it might be Clapton. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'll look it up. But uh, it's a famous. If you heard the song, uh-huh. you would know it. Um, in fact, I think it plays at the end of Lethal Weapon. Oh, really? The first one, <laughs> as he's lying there shot. It was either maybe the first one or the second one. I forget mm. which one Mel Gibson gets shot in. The only song I recognized was when uh, Becca played the national anthem on her guitar in the park. That was, that was, the, only, yeah. that was the only one I caught. I, I, uh, I does Guru <laughs> ring a bell? Guru? I don't know. Well, uh, I just typed in uh, Too Dark to See, and it came up with uh, Guru. Could you, pipe, could you pipe it in, Phil? Is there any way to do that? Uh, the, let me check, but if it's not the same song, don't blame me. So give me – you guys keep talking. Give okay. me like five seconds. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. But uh, anyway, I don't know. I, I It kind of really brought us back to that really sad tone. Uh, right. That, that, you know, the first episode didn't really have. Like we were glad to be back and everything was – I mean, it like obviously had this kind of charge up against it. But that was at the end of the episode. So – but it – Nope, <laughs> not it. Not it. All right. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of brought us back out of it again. I, but I mean, I, at least I appreciate that. You know, Hank's not just like, oh, cool, I got a statutory rape charge, and I'm just the same as uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and uh, Polanski now. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, but it was it was a slow burn. But it was a slow burn. The guitar yeah. and everything. Yeah. It was just it was grinding down and grinding down and grinding down, and, and, and then just... and then finally. Uh, it's knocking on heaven's door. By the way, that's the song. Knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, but he 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 drank himself into a depression, and he he's writing this letter. And I mean, it may take a shrink to say this, uh-huh. um, but it could have been his subconscious attempt. Well, to I commit think, suicide. I think uh, you know. You say subconscious. For me, it was almost one of those things. Like, I don't. I don't in the sense of like, okay, yeah, you know, you kind of want to end it, but you don't have, you know, he said he's he's noble thoughts and no action, so it's one of those things where, okay, I'm gonna do this. If I die, I die. He said he said noble thoughts, no action, Phil. Yeah, That's a great line. Um, so I think it's one of those things like, okay, I'm just gonna do this. I know it's probably bad for me and it's probably not gonna work, but if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. At least, gotcha. I believe it. And again, know. great writing on him, and I mean, great writing for the the creator of the show. I think, and uh, to have a character who is so self aware, but yet speaks to that point that of of what'd you say, Phil? Noble thoughts. Noble thoughts, no action. No action. Yeah, and and that that's just what that God that would be on his gravestone at this point because everything in his life it seems like it's been, you know, I want to be a good dad, but no. I don't take that action. I want to be a good partner, but no, no I don't take yeah. that action. And then most people in life kind of like that. But. Yeah, yeah, sadly, <laughs> right? Oh, my God, so depressing. But, but at the end of the day, you know, he has, I mean, I he like has, the, he has Sasha to go. Yeah, well, you're but, right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, he has all his hot girls. But anyway, anyway yeah. but I mean, you know, I think – I, I don't think the I don't think the jury's out yet on old Hank Moody. Yeah, no, I think not. I I think in the in the fight of his life, there's a, he's got a few rounds left. Well, what'd you guys think of the? Uh, I mean, we almost entered like I, I know they sort of do this, but uh, almost like an avant-garde uh, type of filmmaking in in the sequence mm-hmm. of when he was writing this letter, and uh, obviously in some sense that makes it hard to interpret what the full meaning is, like whether or not he was going for that suicide. I mean, you heard my interpretation 